ingredients of the land. Hello and welcome to our podcast about sustainable living. If you like our project, we invite you to support us with your contribution by following the link in the description. This episode was kindly sponsored by Benjamin Koltringer. In this 11th episode, we are traveling back to Portugal. This time our journey took us to the central east, where olive groves compose the landscape. We came to spend the winter season as volunteers at Tribodar. Today, our interview is with Moabi Atma, who has founded this community. Twelve years ago, she decided to change the noise of the city for the calm of the countryside and create here a new way of life. Here in this land, she gave birth to the wonderful boy Manu. As a mother that decided to educate her son in homeschooling as much free as possible from the conventional educational systems, she shares her joys as well the challenges of walking this off-road path. Hope you feel inspired with this story. My way, it's the way of trusting the human being. Our soul knows what comes to do here. And with my path of well-being and yoga, I'm more and more sure of this. So many times what we need to do as parents is to go out of the way. Not all the time, and I know it's not easy as a parent, but uh, many times that trust is what gives the person the ability to really follow its heart. seed it was to find a connection with ourselves, with our truth and to, yeah, in nature because we felt very pulled to go back to listening the birds and then we started to dream about the permaculture forest and we started to research and we saw there was more and more people doing it, more people going from the city back to the countryside and this was very exciting as well to see, oh, there is more people already doing it and how they were doing. We visit not a lot of projects, but a few mm -hmm. before coming. And it was very, very good because we could live with the people and see what we like, what we didn't like. And yeah, and then put our feet in this land. When I met uh, Michael, my partner at the time that we started Tribudar, we started immediately to speak about it, dreams of living in a land and what would we do. We were in a city, in a big city, Antwerpen, first in Lisboa, then Antwerpen, and it was very interesting to share what we lived, how was our journeys within that, and we both agreed that uh, we feel a human being to be connected to their true and to their creativity, to their 
power needs to listen the inner voice and in school that's a lot cut it by so many tasks that you have to do many times only for a test no for your final test that many times after doing it we forget everything so we were very uh, excited speaking about this and how we could make it different but anyway so we start to be excited about other things too like like growing the food and uh, building the structures but the first seed it was about growing in freedom developing our inner truth instead of having together all that baggage and then the work we have to release all our traumas and all our things that we didn't choose right to be in us that we have to get rid of Moabi is still discovering um, herself and her soul more and more. Uh, but for a long time, the seed has been there in my being of going back to nature, raising a kid in nature and um, creating a place where people can discover themselves be themselves, yeah, in connection with, uh, with nature. For a long time, when I was more in my mind, it meant more the tasks, the practical tasks I had to do. Waking up early, making morning circles, organizing volunteers, be focused to have compost toilet, to have the shower, the basic things, even shadow. When we arrived, there was no. So it was a very, from the mind, what we have to do, but also, of course, needed. <laughs> and with the time, where I'm coming more to my center and we have more the conditions, it has been and it still is to feel more and more the energy of the plants and the trees and when I sit to meditate, the listening of the birds and to be really present and sometimes to do nothing, being more important than doing something. Like a year ago, it was here a witch, and she said, you have to connect more with the trees, they're asking to speak with you, but really, literally. And I was like, okay, I'm very spiritual, but still <laughs> find it a bit hoxcus poxcus. And then she, um, she took the leaves of a tree that she said was calling her, to give message for the five women that were here at the time. We drink the tea and then she gave us the messages for each of us. And man, it was so fitting and it was so right on the point that we were really all chicken uh, hair. And one of the message for me, it was that it was you are the guardian of this land and 
you need to listen more with us, with us trees, with us nature. Twelve years that we are here, it has become more and more and more clear. And now the principles are that uh, respect for nature, the respect for your truth and to uh, be in connection more and more with our souls, give time for caring for us and caring for us, first looking within and then the rest of the people that are here. One of the pillars is the agroforest, the other is the not raising only the kids in freedom, but all ages. Everybody that is here feeling they have the possibility to learn in freedom because we always keep learning and unlearning. And then the well-being, which is more my part. So sometimes a bliss, really amazing, really exciting, really flowing and you feel you are in the right path and some other times it's like, you know, really hard and I'm out of here. Especially in the beginning, it was uh, more moments like this where the money is gone, you know, I was also alone with the baby because man had finished and Michael had to go and work outside and there were different moments that were very challenging and in the middle of all of these, releasing all these patterns from before and coming to live in, in a new lifestyle, it has been lots of process. So when you ask me about how does it feel to be guardian of this land, in general it feels amazing and really what I meant to be doing. But on the way, there are challenges and I'm still discovering what is really to be guardian of this land. First image of having the baby near me and me near the trees and has been so amazing to see Manu growing free as much as possible. He's still, you know, attracted to many city things, let's say, like technology. It's not because we are here in nature that he's totally out of that, no. But it's amazing to see his relation with the plants and with the animals here. As a baby, he would take even bath with the frogs and never afraid of animals surrounding him, even spiders. He would find funny crossing on his body or something. It has been really beautiful because nature has a vibration also of so much peace and acceptance and uh, adventure and exploration and I see that a lot in Manu, these characteristics. Freedom learning, you have all kinds, all range of families from completely free, doing and trusting that the kid will learn what they need to learn to have a, you know, a schedule and to have the disciplines 
more near what they do in school, which is very rare in the unschooling. You will find it more in the homeschooling. But uh, with Manu, we do have some structure, especially with the Portuguese and the mathematics. We do have like classes. I try to listen what are his uh, projects, his needs, what he wants to do, how can I support. For me, it was an interesting process, the reading one, because a part of me wanting to trust and Okay, when he's ready, he's going to learn it. And the unschooling community uh, defends a lot that at six we are not ready because we are still with a part of the brain that is more to play, to create. And so we need to force the kids to go to the other side of the brain. And uh, it's not natural to learn at six. For some people, yeah, but majority, no. But you have all the pressure, right? Like the parents expect your kid uh, or people, ah, oh, he already reads, how is going? So a part of me was still with that mind saying like, come on, force it. But the majority was saying, no, trust that he will. He learned to read when he was like eight or nine. So two years, what was supposed. But then what a passion he has for reading. So I'm really happy I didn't force it. Although I was still motivating, let's do it, no, no, but I was very happy not to force it and now to see that he's very passionate about it. A few months ago, he started to give here class of animals. If you are interested, he'll be happy to give you. And it was also so beautiful because he gave such a nice class and we were like, whoa, uh, unschooled kids being so good as a teacher. <laughs> And everybody was very impressed, and me too, how he explained, how he prepared the class, what he said, how he interact with the people, give them time to make their questions. Everybody was very excited to know about the animals and wow. He's very um, having his own things, like what I shared about the animals and the painting. So sometimes to introduce something new, it's hard. Mm and playing. He's still a lot, even he's 11, he's still a lot into playing the imagination world and I'm so happy to give him this space and opportunity to play for so many years. And we were blessed that normally we have families with at least one or two kids that also like to play and it's so cool to see them being dragons and butterflies and cats and dogs and uh, yeah, playing these roles and entering into this imagination world. <laughs> Even when we start to date, me and Michael, it was our first conversations. It was already about education how we were raised and how we would feel it. So I believe Manu chose us as parents because of that. And for us was a very natural process of being the system we believe is more connected to our truth. And for us, school is really, how you say, out of validation <laughs> completely. And uh, more and more people are waking for that, but still 
for us in our vision still many people just doing because you know other people do it and we believed so much that this would be the um, what gives you power but this power the seed of the school and we that's why I say it could be a conversation in itself we watch so many documentaries we listen to so many podcasts of families that did it for us it was very clear already from the heart but then to go deeper and knowing that the seed of the school it was from politics that wanted to control more the people wanting the school to be mandatory and to be uh, for free yeah so people didn't really have a choice they start to be enslaved selling the idea that they would be free but they just wanted better workers that's how the seed of the school is born I believe there are different roads and I believe that inside of the system there is beautiful people as well that are also awakening and many teachers that I know actually that they want a different but the system is putting them in a box that they don't want to be and in Portugal we have José Pacheco that is, I don't know if you know him, oh, he's an amazing man really a revolutionary he was able to have the first alternative public school in Portugal called Escola da Ponte in the north and he's such a hard man and he he was very frustrated as a teacher that uh, the kids were not learning even that he was doing it with love and then he started to realize that it was not the method not every kid would learn at the same time the same things and so he started to research more about the truth of learning and also about the laws that many people, not even the parents, know. And I really appreciate this man and he's now in Brazil, but he helped many public schools to transform and to know the laws and what they could do differently. Now that uh, seed of the school, it's a big tree. So now to transform that big tree and to prune it and to put new fruits in it is much more work. But anyway, I still see a potential and I still see that he, he's inspiring people to do differently and I really like that. Now we have the knowledge available. It's so easy to, to get what you want in practical terms. So I believe the support is more on the emotions and how to deal with, uh, you know, the challenges we have with other human beings. And the kids also have it, but in schools they don't have the possibility and many times at home also not. And here when we do heart sharing circle, we also invite the kids. Sometimes they don't want to come, but sometimes they do and it's so beautiful. They're sharing also what's going on and we share it with each other how to transform it, process it and transform it. 
Thank you for the heart, the beauty and the friendships. Thank you for the soul, the joy, the warmth and tenderness. Thank you for the heart, the beauty and the friendships. Thank you for the soul, the joy, the warmth and tenderness. I love you, blessed life. I thank you for being you. I love you, blessed life. I bless you every day I do. With the healing camps, we want to open that for more people and support people to buy lands and rent houses and create this bigger eco-neighborhood. And we already have some neighbors coming. Uh, and it's so beautiful, that feels so good. Like now we have this English family, just uh, a few meters and the kids go to each other all the time. And now we just know about another Portuguese family uh, being neighbors here, on the, also in a near land. And yeah, I want to, people that enjoy what we offer, I'm very happy to help people to have land or rent houses around here. Yeah, to finish, um, just sharing that I feel we are in a very intense time of transition of ourselves and the planet. So this thing of coming more to our hearts being so important I really see it, the people co-creating more together and also having the challenge of needing to clean our inner garbage. Once we do that, the voice of our souls can speak more and then together we can, I believe, really create paradise. podcast about sustainable living. If you like our project, we invite you to support us with your contribution by following the link in the description.